The Ohio State Buckeyes look like they could be even better going into this year than they were last year. So can anything trip up Ohio State on the way back to the college football playoff? You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the conference every day of the week. Coming up on today's show, Jay Stevens is in to break down the Ohio State Buckeyes' chances of getting back to the mountaintop. Ohio State, of course, lost to Michigan late in the season last year, spoiling any hopes of getting another national title. But they're back and possibly better than even before and certainly better relative to what everybody else in the Big Ten has to offer, if you ask me. We're going to ask Jay Stevens about what scares him the most in this schedule, where there could be some holes in Ohio State, what opportunities would teams have to put a blemish on what's going to be another really good Ohio State team. That's coming up here later in the show. First of all, of course, Thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every single weekday for everything you need to know about the conference. We're here with you every day as the season gets started up to update you on anything that may be going on in the news. Let's start off with the biggest stories from yesterday here as we roll into the middle of the week. A big announcement from the Chicago White Sox, of all places making Big Ten news. They've announced an NIL organization collective that's already signing athletes, and while I'm not sure exactly what the benefits are going to be, there are Big Ten names on this list of eight players that the Shy Sox NIL I don't know if it's an organization, foundation, you call it, whatever, has brought under its wing. They include Kylie Fuhrbach of Iowa women's basketball, A.J. Henning, wide receiver at Michigan, Terrence Shannon Jr., Illinois basketball star, Temi Thomas Ilara, Northwestern volleyball player, and Cameron Williams, Michigan basketball player. So a group of what is five Big Ten players Getting some NIL deal money from the Chicago White Sox, again, of all places. Seems like just about everyone can find a way to get creative and get these kids a little bit more, and again, we're all for it. In other Big Ten news, Paul Feinbaum says that Ohio State is the biggest threat to the Alabama Crimson Tide this season. Again, I'm not somebody who puts a whole lot of weight to what Paul Feinbaum says. I think he does a very good job telling SEC fans pretty much what they want to hear. But in context of what the SEC is, Feinbob is a huge, huge talking head there. So when he says that a team has a chance to beat Alabama, it does mean something. But anywho, moving on, the Big Ten's deal with NBC is reportedly likely to create more games between Notre Dame football and the Big Ten with both those teams and conferences having the same network under the wing. But it... I again, is not going to lead to Notre Dame football joining the Big Ten. Uh, If anything, this helps Notre Dame, this potential deal with the Big Ten, get even more money in its negotiating deal with NBC that's reportedly going on right now again still. So Notre Dame could be getting even more money. It could mean more Notre Dame games against Big Ten teams. They have games against ACC schools they have to have as well. But at least for right now, it looks like it could mean, again, more Big Ten and Notre Dame. But it's, again, 
as reported last week, a great sign for the Fighting Irish that the Big Ten is going to be bringing a whole lot of money in because it means Notre Dame can bring more money in too. Uh, also, before we get to Jay here and get back to the football side of things, a quick update in basketball recruiting, just because I've been seeing a whole lot of stuff going on as the season gets started for fall sports, winter sports, right now getting a whole lot of visits and things like that in. Uh, Jesse McCullough, a four-star basketball player, is getting offers from all sorts of Big Ten schools, Ohio State, Michigan on the list. Illinois has offered a five-star in the 2024 class, Paul McNeil, and then a commitment out in Northwestern, uh, unranked Jordan Clayton, announcing his commitment to Northwestern basketball and the Wildcats. A quick little update in basketball recruiting there. We'll get now to Jay Stevens and his locked-on Buckeyes expertise. Can he tell us how the Buckeyes can lose this season? Because if you've been listening to the show, you know it's been a lot of how good Ohio State is. We'll get into if there's anything that can trip this team up, and is there anything that can stop C.J. Stroud from winning the Heisman Trophy at the end? If you ask me, he's kind of the clear favorite as we go into the season. But we'll, of course, talk to Jay about all of that. Before we get into any of that, though, here on Locked On Big Ten, a reminder, it can happen so easily. You out with your friends or co-workers, putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. It's time to go in the moment you think of calling a ride. You're good. You're a good driver, you think. You live nearby and you can make it home okay. What are the odds you get pulled over? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? You lose your license, your job, you total your car, or you could kill someone. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. Drive sober or get pulled over. We'll get in with Jay here and break down everything going on with Ohio State football leading up to the season here on Locked On Big Ten. And on Locked On Big Ten, alongside Jay Stevens here from Locked On Buckeyes, I'm Nate Dickinson. Thanks for making the show your first listen every weekday. Jason, to try and break down these Ohio State Buckeyes and maybe give us an idea as to how this team could have any sort of vulnerabilities. Because to be honest, Jay, it doesn't look like there's all that many as we look at it from the outside going into this season. But let's start at the very beginning here. If we start the conversation with Ohio State, a week one matchup against Notre Dame that we learned now is going to be a top five game. What's your level of concern going into that matchup? A really good team, and despite how good these Buckeyes are, it's still the first week of the season here. Anything can happen. My biggest concern going into that game is with Ohio State's offensive line. I think the defense is going to be a lot more, more aggressive this year with what Jim Knowles is preaching and just really some things I've been hearing from um, fall camp scrimmage over the weekend. Seems like they're really – flying around, playing good football, the football you expect you would expect to see at Ohio State. So the defense really isn't my biggest concern, which that was not what I thought I would be saying right now. It's the offensive line. You have two new guys at guard, two new starters at guard, um, and then you have Paris Johnson Jr., who's moving to left tackle. That's his natural position. But this is his first time he's consistently playing that position at Ohio State. So three of your five starters are new guys in new places. And that's my biggest concern, because if I know any team, especially if you're going to run an odd man front like Notre Dame does, they're going to try to find to get some type of pressure and muddy up and confuse the O-line and their pass protection. Maybe mess up the running back, 
That's up Stroud's pre-snap reads that he's going to have. So my biggest concern is literally the offensive line. If the O-line plays well, if they win the battle in the trenches, I do believe the Buckeyes can win this by double digits. If they don't, it could be a single-score game really close, tight, late into the fourth quarter. But you still seem pretty confident going in. I mean, if, for that to be best and worst-case scenario here, you, you you feel Ohio State's quite clearly the more talented team. Yes, but talent can only get you so far. Nebraska's talented. Nebraska's out of tee that's not talented. They have talent. But what have they done with said talent? Not much. Talent can get you a, a very far. And Ohio State has a lot of the ta- lot more talent than any school in the Big Ten. If you are somebody that follows the recruiting rankings, look at four, five stars, four stars. I believe there's 14 five stars on Ohio State's roster this year. Like That's just absurd. That's stupid. But talent can only get you so far. So they, I do think they're the more talented team. But how do they utilize said talent to be successful and execute properly on the field? That's to be determined. I think they'll be just fine. But my biggest concern is still that O-line at Ohio State. So you have Notre Dame first week of the season, Michigan last game of the season. Are those two games right now you're considering the biggest of the season, front and back? So yes and no. By name, by location, geography, by history of the sport, yes. Michigan at the end, rivalry game, that's the first of three goals at Ohio State. So that's number one automatically in the regular season. I kind of couple or really kind of put Notre Dame in a cluster. Notre Dame's better than Wisconsin. Notre Dame's better than Iowa. But that Wisconsin-Iowa, those games being so close together, and then you add Penn State at the end of, of October, those like those four, Notre Dame, Penn State, Wisconsin, Iowa, pose different threats to Ohio State. Ohio State should win all of those games. But I can't sit here and say, Nate, that I am just not – I'm going to gloss over three of the best teams – in the Big Ten that are all on Ohio State's schedule this year. I can't say like, oh, I'm not concerned about those. I'm absolutely concerned about those. Because as we saw last year, Ohio State struggle with physical fronts. What's Wisconsin? What's Iowa? They have physical fronts. They have physical, big physical offensive line. And their defensive line, their front seven, is really, really good, solid. And they don't really make mistakes. Yeah, Penn State, who always plays Ohio State close. I believe that Penn State is home for that game. It's going to be a stripe out, white, different colors. Probably going to look more like a checkered board or like the Tennessee Volunteers does. There's one color, one line. The next is another color alternating. So you have a theme for Penn State. I'm, I'm honestly more nervous about the Wisconsin game than I thought I was going to be because the front seven on defense is good. The old line is good. And they got a young kid named Braylon Allen, who is a dog. So I can't sit here and say Notre Dame, Michigan, and everybody else. I think there are three Big Ten teams that are in the conversation of being really, really tough opponents for the Buckeyes this year. So I guess which game or then, as you kind of brought up, it can even be stretch of the schedule scares you most. I believe there's a five-game stretch of the schedule. I don't have it offhand. I'm going to try to do this while I talk. But I do believe there's a stretch where Ohio State does have Wisconsin, Iowa, Penn State. But there are other schools that are in that cluster that kind of confuse. And you might say, oh, now, Jazz, see what you say. So September 24th, Ohio State plays Wisconsin. Then they have mm-hmm. Rutgers, which is going to be an easy win. It's at home. They go to East Lansing to play Michigan State. That's going to be tough. They follow it up with the home game against Iowa. That's going to be tough. They follow it up with a road game going to Penn State. 
that's going to be tough. So if you're telling me you have Wisconsin, Michigan State, Iowa, Penn State, four of five games in a five-game stretch, that's absurd. Now, granted, luckily they get Iowa at home. They get Wisconsin at home. So there's a benefit there. But that's a tough five-game stretch that most schools in the country would lose two, maybe three times. It might even really mess up against Rutgers, who's not a good football team, but they can maybe trick you up if you're not ready for them. That stretch alone right there is what has made me think that Ohio State will lose a game this year. Not saying it's going to make them knock them out of the playoff, but I think in that five-game stretch, I would not be surprised, and actually I kind of didn't anticipate the Buckeyes losing one of those games because it's hard to go to battle. Oh, I got Wisconsin. Who do I got next? Oh, I got Rutgers. Okay, it's a cakewalk. Two East Lansing? Mel Tucker's been brewing something up there for quite a while. Then you come back home. Playing Iowa, you better be on your stuff because they're very, very disciplined. Then you got to go to Penn State. (laughs) Hello. It's tough, man. Like, playing in the Big Ten Conference is tough football. And it's going to be tough for Ohio State this year during that five-game stretch. What about big picture, Big Ten standings at the end of the season? Is What other teams aside from Michigan do you put in that area that you think could be threatening by the time you get to them in the schedule? I think when it comes to the Big Ten East, as the, that's how what Ohio State first has to win to get to Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship. I think it's going to be Michigan. Um, Ohio State won going into that game. Michigan's probably going to be two. And then it's going to be a, a flip-flop between Penn State and then Michigan State. I don't know which team's going to be better. I don't trust Sean Clifford. I trust Peyton Thorne more. Um, that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. It could be Michigan State, but do I trust Mel Tucker to have the same su- success he had last year and this year? I I don't. Last time I, I did that, it was Tom Allen. And we all remember what Indiana was, I believe, in 2020. They were they went back to their old losing ways in 2021. So Mel Tucker has to prove it to me. We see what James Franklin has been, has done. We've seen what Sean Clifford has done as well. I don't know who it's going to be between the Spartans or the Nittany Lions, but I, do, I still think, as weird as it is for me to say this, Nate, I think it's going to be Michigan, Ohio State to win the Big Ten East at the weekend after Thanksgiving. I, it's weird saying that because it's Michigan, man. They, they just suck. <laughs> Uh, let's talk Heisman, Jay. C.J. Stroud is a clear guy who's going to be at least at the near top of the odds at the preseason, if not a favorite, depending on where you're looking at it. I mean, as far as you ask me, I don't think there's anybody who you could clearly put as someone who would be bet above him. Maybe there's somebody you could put at like the same level, but I think C.J. Stroud's just as good a bet as any to be able to do this based on not only how good he is, but like the numbers he was able to put up just last season too, despite what he may have lost as far as weapons, still a lot of talent there. And I mean, I don't have to tell you how good this offense is going to be. No, man, this offense is going to be, it should be. Now I, I, it should be insane. It has to, they have to have a better running game, but a better running game is ultimately going to assist and aid CJ Stroud to be a better quarterback, make him, allow him to be more comfortable in the pocket, allow him to have bigger windows to throw the ball into. So I do think the offense will be better. Um, I don't know. The one person I think can contest with Stroud is someone that a lot of people have fallen off of and said, oh, he's not going to be that good. 
DJ Uwe Angalole. I've heard he lost 20 pounds. Clemson's quarterback. He is talented. He is still amazing. Yes, they have a five-star quarterback in Cade Klubnik, who many people say is going to come in and um, be QB1 for Clemson very, very soon. People said the same thing about Bryce Young in 2020, and then people forgot Mac Jones can sling the rock himself. He's a really good quarterback. So let's not always fall in love with a newcomer. DJU can play. And I think there's a guy in DJU that can ultimately be someone that can compete with Stroud because he's not really a guy that's looked at right now to be, hey, you're a top two, top three. It's you fell off last year. A lot of people in the media don't really care for you right now. What can you do? Can you prove your worth? I think he can. I think shedding 20 pounds is going to allow him to be a better quarterback and really allow him to um, make some throws more consistently that last year and allow him to be more confident as it seemed like he lost confidence last year. Some might say Quinn Ewers. Sorry. I don't even know if he's QB1 in Texas right now. Some might say Jackson Smith and Jigba. I'd be shocked if another receiver won the Heisman when a guy won it a couple years ago. So I keep, keep those things in mind. Will it be a running back? Trayvon Henderson or B. John Robinson or Braylon Allen or Deuce Vaughn or Jameer Gibbs? It's possible, but this has become a quarterback award. I think Stroud should be the front runner. I think Stroud will win the Heisman. I was going to say something else, but I'll go ahead and say it right now. I think C.J. Stroud will win the Heisman Trophy this year. And it's ultimately because, not just the running game, but these receivers are going to be destroying people. From Njigba to Marvin Harrison Jr., his explosiveness. I believe he was number two on Bruce Feldman's freak list for the upcoming season. And then you also have Emeka Egbuka, which is a do-it-all guy, really, really strong, really solid. And I think that you have a tight end in Kate Stover, who is really going to surprise some people in the passing game, which is going to allow Stroud to be just, just a lot better. Like, we saw how Njigba had, I believe, 90-plus receptions last year, over 1,600 receiving yards, 16 touchdowns. Those numbers might not be the same, but the numbers might be more evenly spread out across the board because Stroud is just finding the open man, getting the ball to him, and that receiver is getting yak yardage every time the ball's in their hands. So, yeah, I know it's middle of August. Football's right on the corner. I still think Stroud's going to win the Heisman. I think he's that good. Jay, are you more confident going into this season for college football playoff hopes than you were, say, going into last season, just based on how talented this team is compared to everybody else in the Big Ten, too? I ain't going to lie to you, Nate. I'm higher this year, but I was super high last year. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like it was uh, my ignorance and not really valuing, putting value on the O-line and the D-line and the, the newcomers, the youth that the team had. I said, hey, this is Ohio State. These guys are talented. I don't really – I knew what some guys have showed me. I was expect, expecting better from them. I should have just stuck with what I know best. And it says, hey, let me – I like Nebraska. Scott Frost hasn't showed me anything. So until he shows me something, so be it. Now, I'm not trying to knock Scott Frost. It's just he's the guy in my head because I really want Nebraska to be really good this year and beyond. So last year I was high on them. I am higher this year than last year. But last year I was just a little ignorant in my analysis of the team just trying to fine-tune some things. I think I'm higher this year because of the defense. And I talked about it earlier. I've heard they're really aggressive, that players like Jay-Z Tuomolowau and Jack Sawyer and Tommy Eichenberg, they're turning heads in practice. They're really making some big plays. They're really 
messing up the execution of the offensive line and the offense in their plays at the running. So I think my hype and my excitement and me being higher on the team for playoff hopes is because of the defense. Last year, I just said, hey, you're Ohio State players. You're going to do well. This year, I have more substance to my analysis, which is why I think things will be this way this year. Real quickly, is the, are those lines and things like that, is that still where the only question marks might be? You brought that up with the uh, Notre Dame game, too. Offensive line, yeah. So, no. Mm-hmm. It's more than just the offensive line unit. Offensive line is a question mark. So is the running game. Based off some things that offensive coordinator Kevin Wilson recently said when speaking to the media. I'm not really worried about the passing game. Um, I think that that's just going to work itself out. D-line, I'm not really worried about. They have enough youth, and they're going to rotate 8 to 10 guys on the D-line, so I'm not really worried about those guys staying fresh or the right guys being on the field at the right time. Linebackers seem really, really strong. And the DBs, they're experienced. They're veterans. So I'm not really worried about them either. It's really just the O-line in the running game. I think once those two things get better, now I am saying I do believe that I'm putting a lot of faith in the, in the defense this year. Um it could be blind faith like it was last year, Nate, in regards to how I thought the team was going to do last year. But my gut is saying the defense will be fine. My gut's also telling me the O-line needs to prove it to me before I can say the O-line will be one of the better O-lines in the conference. I won't even go to the country. Just go to the conference. Iowa's O-line's normally really good. Wisconsin's O-line's normally really good. Michigan's O-line has gotten better. I'm not going to say the the country. You got to be the best O-line of your conference. And by doing that, that will also be a lot. That will also allow the running game to be the to be exactly what it should be. The number two team in the nation, according to the media, is the Ohio State Buckeyes. And I've got a feeling they could be even better by the time the end of the year comes around. It's a really good roster and it's going to be really, really hard to beat. And my personal opinion, I would be feeling better if I was an Ohio State fan going into this season than I was last, given the talent on your team and the talent that is kind of dropping off everywhere else in the Big Ten too a little bit. I'd feel a little bit even better than I was last year going into this year too. But there will be a whole lot of time to talk about how good Ohio State is. They're going to put up a whole lot of highlights Thanks, Jay, for coming on. He's the host of Locked On Buckeyes every single weekday, every day you need to know if you're a Big Ten fan about the Big Ten's premier college football team. And for a while, that's been Ohio State. Thanks, as always, for coming on to talk to us here a little bit, Jay. Thanks, Nate, man. It's fun, man. I can't wait for football season. I'm glad to be on it here with you. We'll have you back on here soon. I'm knowing Ohio State will be making some headlines.